the coronavirus pandemic has upended sports seasons for students that play on fields like these across the country. And more than 180,000 student athletes rely on sports scholarships to finance their higher education every year. Now, according to a TD Ameritrade survey, nearly half of student athletes believe that the cancellation of sports due to the pandemic could put their college scholarship at risk. Sophomore year was a big year where like, I was supposed to, you know, run these times and then that's where schools would talk to me and obviously I didn't get to have that season. We actually just got back from a camp in Utah. So I think that's one of the main differences of this time is just traveling to get noticed and to get more exposure in film. So we're having to make more sacrifices uh, compared to other years. As for when athletic scholarships will fully bounce back, the future is unclear for now. But student athletes are still hopeful and have been finding new ways to get noticed. What up, party people? Welcome back to another episode of Black versus the Board of Education. My name is Miss Laureen, and I'm here with my hitters, my number ones, uh, my co-hosts. And we'll go through, do a quick round of introductions, get our other guests on, and get to going. So, Lex, go ahead and introduce yourself, please, ma'am. Hi, everyone. My name is Lex, 17 years old, a senior in high school, and I'm glad to be back. Good. We're glad to have you back. Melissa, say hey, hey, hey. Hey guys, my name is Melissa. I'm a 14-year-old freshman in Southern California, and I'm excited to be here. Welcome back. Welcome back, Mariah. Go ahead and round us out today. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Mariah, 16-year-old living in California. Oh, we all Cali West Side. Okay, that's what's up. Um, so, you know, we couldn't talk about Black athletes without having any males in the building. So we're going to go ahead and uh, kick it to our male co-host for the day. Uh, we're going to start off with Mr. Rufus. Go ahead, love. Introduce yourself. You're going to have to take yourself off mute um, and tell everybody what's up and let's get on with it. You still on mute? <laughs> While we're waiting for him to connect. Uh, <laughs> you got to take yourself off mute, sir, in order for us to hear you. Um, <laughs> Janice just joined us. Go ahead and say, hey, Janice. Hi, everybody. I'm Janice. I'm a freshman in high school and I'm 14. Perfect. So um, we're still waiting for Rufus to unmute himself so that we can hear from him so that he can introduce himself. And he's, you're talking, but your mic is still muted, sir. So until we get that up, <laughs> but while we're waiting for him, uh, he's going, I guess he's going to uh, log out and come back in. We'll um, pass it. So this next guest, I don't see him on the screen just yet. Um, so we'll just wait. We'll wait until our fellas get it together. Oh, there he goes. Uh, so... <laughs> I'll let him introduce himself because I'm going to talk about him all day. This is like my brother from another mother. And I called him today and I said, yo, this is what we're talking about. Can you be on with us? And he graciously uh, gave us some of his time. So go ahead and introduce yourself, sir, um, and let everybody know who you are. Hey, how you doing, guys? I'm Jarrell Harris uh, from Gaston, Alabama. I'm a former collegiate athlete at the University of Alabama and also former NFL player. So you say former collegiate, are you going to tell them what team you played for and that you were part of the national championship team? Or are you going to play, play coy today? Well, I was going to let you do all that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do it. <laughs> I said uh, for University of Alabama, um, I won two national championships between 09 and 2011 under Nick Saban. And, and then he he met me and I won't let him go. So he's here with us today. So thank you, sir, for coming. And we're going to pop it back to Rufus. Maybe he's ready. Is your mic up, sir? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was tripping. It wouldn't let me do anything. Oh, it wouldn't let you. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, go ahead and introduce yourself anyway. Well, my name is uh, Rufus Williams, class of 2021. I go to Torres High School. Uh, I run track and I play football. 
you know. Okay. Well, that's what's up. We're so glad that you decided to come through and, and grace us with your presence. We're, we appreciate that um, because we have a lot to talk about. So before you know, we get into the conversation about the Black athlete, um, I wanted to go over some stories that we saw this week with districts behaving badly. Uh, let's start with um, story number one, Jada, out of Nevada. So if you could share a screen, that'd be great. You might have to uh, turn your lock screen off, Jarrell, to uh, do the landscape one. So this mother filed a lawsuit against the Nevada school after she says her biracial son received a failing grade in sociology. And so I'm like, okay. So the mom, uh, she filed a lawsuit uh, because his grade was, he failed because he refused to confess his white dominance. So as a biracial st student, um, he was asked in front of the class to uh, confess his uh, white dominance as to why he may be smart and he refused to, and they failed him. What do you guys think about that? Melissa. Why was that? I don't even, why was him claiming his white dominance determine his passing grade? What, why was that even part of the conversation? I don't understand. These, these, these y'all folks. I don't know. These, these, mm -mm, I don't know. I'm going to pass them off to y'all because I don't know nobody that's crazy. Um, Lex, what do you think? I'm just trying to understand, like, why they needed him to accept that in the first place. I don't really even care about the grade. It's like, why was there so much emphasis on his white dominance? Like, why couldn't they just let him him and do what he wants to do and identify as who he wants to identify why did they have to dig deeper and say accept your whiteness as your dominance like that i don't understand why they did that does it make sense mm. janice they can't make it make sense it's something new every week like y'all people is ridiculous get your lives together please <laughs> get your lives together <laughs> all right all right all right Oh, look, look, Jarrell is Selena. She says, hey, 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 hey. All right, so uh, story number two, the school apologizes for making fourth graders um, put up tweets regarding the Civil War. Um, fourth grader? We already, went, we, we already went through this, right, with uh, high school age. We already went with this. We saw that they were doing a lot of these um, these classroom assignments where they have you reenacting uh, colonial times and and putting up stuff uh, coming from the slave master's um, vantage point. And there's something clicking, so I don't know who's doing that, but if you guys hear that, uh, maybe you have a phone next to something, move that. Um, so with these tweets, they're supposed to, it says fourth grade students studied uh, North Carolina, North Carolinians that had different roles and perspectives on the Civil War. They then wrote tweets from each of their different perspectives that included their roles, opinions, and beliefs. Student picked the tweet that they were most proud of and published it on the Civil War Twitter board. Uh, Mariah? That is just, why? That's absolutely ridiculous. Oh, wow. I, I don't know why. Jarrell, you have any idea why that, that might be an assignment they give kids? No, that's that's really, I, I don't even, <laughs> this is so, <laughs> um, I was in those school grades that I, just, I don't remember anything, I guess because social media wasn't, you know, in the, at that time, but this is ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, I just, every week is some more just, idiocy and and i'm trying to make it make sense i'm trying to figure out how our students go on these campuses and are able to um be their authentic selves without somebody trying to kill their spirit like it's just another another story uh of that rufus do you have an uh an opinion on that i know you're you seem to be having some technical issues over there do you have an opinion yeah, keep, on the civil keep, war keeps keep kicking you out it keeps kicking me out right yeah it keeps kicking me out. All right. So you asked me did I have an opinion on the Civil War? What do you, what do you mean? There was a, uh, the story was they had uh, the fourth graders reenacting Civil War times and putting up tweets uh, from that vantage point. And I was wondering if you had an opinion on that. Wait, so like uh, the fourth graders were tweeting? I'm confused. What do you mean? 
They were writing out tweets. You know, they can't get on Twitter right now, I don't think. Um, but they were absolutely writing out tweets and putting it in the best tweets. They were putting it on some sort of a board in the classroom um, and they were published. So you could go through and read um, the different banners of, say, uh, slave masters, slaves, etc. Do you have <laughs> your eyes just got big? Um, do you have an opinion on that? Well, so they they made fourth graders do this. Fourth graders. Yeah. Yes. I feel like uh, whoever had was in charge of doing that didn't really think it think it out. I don't understand why would you have fourth graders do something like that. Well, I, I mean, they, they had kindergartners at some point too. What she say, Janice? I think these people. I think they came bored. Like they found out. A, they found they they ran out of ways to you know banner us and bash us black people. So you know, then the teacher. Oh, let's write out racist tweets for the kids. Let's help them do that. I think they're they're just getting bored at this point. <laughs> you think they're bored? <laughs> All right. Uh, the next story, the NCAA was in hot water last week because it was exposed that they treat um, male and female sports differently. Uh, a young lady uh, posted on Twitter or I'm sorry, it was uh, which one is it? what y'all be on TikTok? Uh, she posted it on TikTok and she was uh, basically showing you the difference of how they treat female athletes versus male athletes. Jada, go ahead and play that. I don't hear anything. I don't hear anything, Jada. You have to un unmute your mic. Well, guess that didn't work either. All right. Well, we'll move on. So basically, you go ahead and you can you can play it, Jada. We'll just look at it. So basically, she's showing you what uh, the weight room was for the female sports, and then so that's their weight room. You see that little that little thing, and now she's going to show you the men's weight room. And uh, she put this all on Twitter. It was tweet retweeted by Steph Curry and some other folks, and um, the NCAA expeditiously corrected that and so now they have a weight room um comparable to the men's weight room so shout out to her for even uh putting that on blast because we wouldn't know unless somebody showed us right um last story so um you know sports are reopening stop sharing please oh you're gonna go to the next story that's fine um so here in sacramento we know youth sports just reopened and um we had a young man collapse uh, on the field on, I believe it was Friday, and he ended up passing away. So we wanted to send um, condolences to his family. Um, we know that our our students, our student athletes, they're trying to get to the next level in their play. They're trying to search out opportunities, and um, sometimes things like this happen. So we wanted to make sure we sent our condolences out to the family of that uh, senior over at Kennedy High School. So when we say all that, right, um, we understand that athletics is a really big thing for our students, for our communities, um, because of uh, there's many of issues, many of reasons why. Um, but Jarrell, as a former high school athlete, um, can you talk to us kind of about what it's like to be a student athlete on these campuses? Um, let's, we'll start there. I'm going to give you a softball question and then we'll go into <laughs> harder questions. <laughs> I think it's, you know, beyond the public eye is extremely difficult uh, because a lot of things that people don't get to see is the, the work that you're having to put in, right? You know, more people just, just have to be a student and just on you know, they work, you know, whatever kind of curricular activities they have. But when you're an athlete, um, it's, you have a lot more on you. You know, not only do you have to excel on the football field, but you have to make sure that you're maintaining your grades, doing the extra uh, study hours, and also making sure that you're uh, eligible to compete. So when you say eligible to compete, I want to make sure everybody understands what that means when you say you have to make sure that you're eligible to compete. What does that mean? Uh, so far as with high school or in the collegiate, 
athletic sports, you have to maintain a certain grade point average. You also have to maintain um, clearinghouse rules. So in clearinghouse, they might say you that, um, um, you know, in the South, I know we have to take like the ACT and the SAT. Um, I don't know which one um, in California that y'all mainly focus on, but you have to have a, also a passing score, even be able to get uh, taking that test. Okay. So Rufus, as a um, high school uh, col uh, California athlete, uh, what tests do you guys mostly focus on? And there's some like crackling. Is that your phone? Um, to be honest, uh, uh, in LA or California, at my school, we own the SAT. We don't really, uh, we don't focus on the SAT. We, we've never even talked about the ACT at my school, actually. Just oh, you've never talked about the ACT. Oh, okay. So is that that must be a difference between um, we, what we have going on here and then... on the SAT. Okay. So when we're talking about the different tests that are going on, right? Um, you you mentioned a specific grade point average. What is that grade point average? I, I want to say it's at least uh, it's a two point, like I think a mid two point, maybe like a two point eight or something. Don't quote me on that because uh, I haven't I haven't checked that in, in quite a time. Um, but I know it's a certain grade point average around like mid twos that you have to attain because a lot of times that's why like even if you watch these shows um, that they have on Netflix when it's you know um, Last Chance You and the shows of that nature, these top athletes are at junior colleges. Well, a lot of times they're junior colleges because they didn't have the passing grades. Because if their, you know, um, academic department is not on top of what those scores is that they need to maintain or have, then that's how they end up there at the junior colleges instead of being at uh, Division One or higher collegiate schools. Okay. I just checked um, for my school athletes have to have a 2.0 or above in order from their second quarter grades in order to compete in sports. Okay, or two. And so we were talking about it last week because um, I think there's a difference between how female athletes are viewed and how male athletes are viewed. Because what we see is a lot more um, in terms of their academic performance, it seems like the female athletes are really focusing on academics and not so much of sports, but it seems reverse a lot of times for the male athletes. They're, they're focusing on talent and, and hoping to just get by with that 2.0. Would you agree with that assessment or would you uh, disagree with that assessment? No, no, I absolutely agree. I think, um, you know, to a, a certain standard, that's why female athletes uh, are, are farther than us when it comes to the mental. Because as a, as a kid growing up playing sports, they kind of like if you're better at sports, then they kind of just push you to be better at sports. They don't really push the ad academic portions. Um, I've had numerous amount of kids that, in the ninth and 10th grade, you know, their parents have called me and was like, hey, like, uh, you know, how can I get my son in college? And the first question I asked him is, you know, what is your son grade point average? You know, how's he doing in school? And they're like, oh, well, he's he's barely passing. Well, I'm like, well, we might need to be spending more time on that aspect um, than what he's doing on the field. Because if he's ineligible by the time he gets to a senior year, he can't even qualify to get in college. What was the purpose? What good was it to do? I mean, I agree because I just had a chance to uh, watch Last Chance You over the weekend, just kind of in preparation of um, this show here. And I was watching um, the way in which it seems like if they were good at the high school level, that right. there was this thing where they felt like they were special and that everybody was going to kind of um, push them to be the starters right yeah. yeah push them to be the starters or or try hard or be happy that they even came on campus so what can you tell us really about the way in which um students high school students are treated on campus if they're part of the winning team oh if they're part of the winning team then it's even you know even the professors or the the teachers are kind of just to have a more lax attitude i would say about making them accountable to doing their work you know, if you have a big important game on Friday or something, instead of making sure that you have that homework assignment, and they might say, oh, well, you know, don't worry about it. We'll get to it later. Just go ahead and focus on the game. Um, so I think that's the, the downfalls of, you know, just being an athlete, being a good athlete at that. Because a lot of times, as we know, you know, parents aren't really 
um, in the know as much as they should be when it comes to their kids' grades and situation. So mm-hmm. they're there to keep, you know, to hold it in the role. You know, my mother was, she didn't know anything about football, but she knew if I had an A or B in class. She knew, that, you know, <laughs> kind of watched that end while everybody else was watching the other end. Got you, got you. And Rufus, I'm gonna try to come back to you, but it sounds like there's something going on audio-wise with you, and I can't unmute you, um, so you're gonna have to try to unmute yourself. Um, do you think that you are treated differently on your campus by uh, teachers and administrators? What's repeat the question? Are you? I asked you, do you believe that you're treated differently by your teachers and your administrators because you are a student athlete? Absolutely. Sometimes, oh, okay. sometimes it's better, sometimes it's worse. You know, you've had, you know, uh, I, you know, the staff may treat you worse, you know, because a lot of people mm-hmm. are, are against athletes to a certain standard, so they might be even harder on you than what they should be uh, to, to just prove a point. Gotcha, gotcha. And Rufus, did you have an answer for us? And I know we, we seem to be having some technical difficulties with, with your um, connection. I, uh, can you guys hear me? Yes. Well, I was um, at my school, there's not really too much uh, uh, help help the football players out and uh like a lot of teachers were trying to get rid of the football program at my school because they felt as if uh we were taking too much of away from the academics point uh, at my school because it's a magnet school so so they, they really wanted to uh, push to get rid of the football team at my school be, just because they thought that the football players were getting more getting away with more things than uh, other people so they felt as if uh Football wasn't really needed at school, and like the only reason I actually went to my school is because of the football team. So, yeah. And so, in going to the school for the football team, what was your ultimate? What is your ultimate goal? What are you trying to do? Why did you go there for the football team? Because uh, because a, a year before before I got there, there was this uh, kid that. He was like really a good player, so I really wanted to be on like a team that really got me exposure, and uh, mm-hmm. and I knew that I had a spot on the team. So um, honestly, I really wanted to uh, a scholarship to be honest, because he got a scholarship to a D1 college. And I was like, maybe if I went to that school as well, you know, maybe maybe I can get one as well. So what so, is this? Uh, I just really wanted the notoriety. Gotcha. What is the significance? And Jarrell, um, said- I'll throw it to you. What is the, the- what is the significance of getting into a D1 college? What is the significance? Just so everybody understands, because like you said, everybody don't know about sports or what that translates to. So what is the significance of getting into a D1 as opposed to any other type of college? Jarrell? Um, I think you've seen it best on last, on last Chance U. As you seen on Last Chance U, they they had lack of resources. They really didn't have a lot of support uh, from the the staff or the school outside of the you know, academic people. I think when you're going to a bigger uh, college, not only do you have you know support from meals, so you, you, it's never a situation where you go hungry. You have better living situations. You have better stability, um, just with every aspect of even tutoring. You know, I had a guy, uh, a close friend. Of- mind that when he was at the University of Alabama with me, you know, you know, study hall and tutoring, they might stay open to nine, ten o'clock to make sure that you get your work done. But then he transferred out of there and he went to a, a division two school and their tutoring shut down at three o'clock. Like well, that's a, a huge significant difference when you're getting out of sports around that time trying to go do your work and there's nobody there to help you. You know, it's kind of like he was on his own to you know, write that paper or bounce ideas off of everything, you know, so it's a really support level. Got you. So the higher the division, the more support, is that what you're saying? Correct. Correct. Yes. Okay. And so the other thing that I noticed even, and ladies, you can jump in. This is not a conversation between me and Jarrell, although y'all are looking really pretty on screen. Um, (laughs) uh, 
so the other thing that I noticed was it's like if they didn't achieve this this specific goal that they had in mind, the thing that they had worked for for so long, there it was accompanied by depression and wanting to kind of end things. Um, can you talk to us really about the pressure that student athletes are under to perform? And if it doesn't go the way uh, they anticipated it, how that might um, affect them mentally? Uh, I think, it, you know, that's a great point that you just touched on that not a lot of people speak about. I think because you got to think a lot of these kids that are playing sports, uh, even myself, they come from rough, rough neighborhoods and rough backgrounds and from families that that didn't really have a high level education or, you know, are working really good jobs. So at that point, when you're you're deemed to be, you know, kind of, I would say, you know, a golden kid of such to be able to go to a division one school and play sports, you know, from that point, it's a lot of pressure put on you because people are expecting you to make it to the professional level. They're expecting you to come back and kind of bring them out of poverty to uh, such. They're expecting you to come out and be able to, you know, move them out of the neighborhood. And, and so at that point, it becomes more than just about sports. At that point, it's about, okay, now you're having to try to figure out how to feed your family and, and take care of your mother and, and that such. So when you don't um, do the things that, you know, allows you to be successful or just it isn't in your power to be there, um, that's that's a tough burden. That's a tough burden to carry, you know, and, and we're not prepared. Nobody prepares you for the moment when, you know, you blow your knee out or you can't play ball no more. You don't make it professionally. Nobody talks about that. You know, it's just kind of like, well, we'll worry about that when it gets there. Mm. Um, I wanted to ask, because you, you know, acknowledge that there's a lot of pressure on these kids as people who are there for them. What do you suggest we do? So we can help them deal with that pressure and handle with all these things that are being piled up, up, up on top of them. Um, I think two things. I think one, allow them to uh, well, make sure they understand that it's not your job to take care of your family. That's that's first, right? Your, your parents, they didn't have you to be taken care of. That, that wasn't the whole goal intended. So don't don't allow your family to put that pressure on you. Secondly, is to figure out what you want to do outside of ball because you know regardless of how long your career is you can't play ball for, forever most most guys are done playing ball by the age of 25 years old you know so you have a long life to live so you need to already be knowing where do you want to move and transition to next in the next phase of your life um to make a living and i want to bounce back to when you were referring to how like hard it is for athletes and the pressure and what isn't talked about. And then like that goes into consideration with that pressure being on them, then they never give themselves those breaks. And then when they're in these classrooms with teachers, and then it's just like the teacher is expecting them to do this amount of work or the teacher is going easy on them, which usually happens not putting no pressure on them, then they have so much on their mental, they like miss few shots. Like I remember I seen it in Last Chance U where he was missing shots. Um, Deshaun, I think he was not making his shots and mentally like it was like he had so much on him and he never gave himself that mental break. So it was just like you're really fumbling the bag and nobody's even really there to give you that that room to to fall down, to have somebody to go to to like focus on something other other than football or basketball or baseball or whatever sport is um, being played. Yeah. And I and I also think that go ahead, Drill. Go ahead. No, I was wanting to, uh, to make sure that I heard to clarify the question again. Was it about the, the mental part of it with not allowing you to, what was the question again? Oh, I didn't have a question. It was, it was a statement. She was just, she was just, you know, on oh, her okay, soapbox okay. real quick. <laughs> okay. She was just got telling you, you what you she seen. Okay. <laughs> just an observation. Right. But, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm curious um, because I want to, I kind of want to, bringing something into it that we haven't talked about. So with everything being, everything going on, you know, in society and the fact that we're seeing more and more images of black men being killed, um, does that, and I'll, and I'll shoot over to Rufus if, if he can connect, um, does that um, kind of impact the way in which you view yourself um, in the world and what you are uh, capable of accomplishing? 
Um, for me, me and Gerald, I think it, it gives me anything, it gives me more more fuel to the fire, right? Because I think you okay. have to look at everything that's going on, and you have to be, you know, try to be a positive light to it, and try to give uh, younger black men uh, a different way to go about handling handling their business, and just use that to, you know, motivate them instead of discourage them. So I wanted to ask a question. Um, why? So I heard what you said about the students and why it's important for students to um, play, to play into that's kind of their way out. So, but why do you think it's important? Not important, but why do you think schools praise the athletes more than for being athletic than they do for academics? Like, why do they kind of push that more than they push? you to succeed in academics oh that's that's simple it's about money sports bring in money sports bring in funds it, it doesn't matter what level you're on sports equals funds you know when people come to those games that's money going into the school and even if you don't think about that way that's that's more money that they have to utilize to do whatever they want with and you know academics is not it's not flashy you know, it, it, nobody, you know, it, it isn't really something unless you summa cum laude or something like that. Nobody's really kind of bragging about it. But, you know, sports equals money. I want to, I totally agree with that. Um, <laughs> I know for our school, we're not that big in sports since we're a fundamental school. But, you know, any school that can say we got the best team in the district or, you know, that can throw on these big rallies because they have this big, great team, you know, more people want to go there. You have a bigger enrollment and that's you know another one of the big things like we want more students here so good athletics is you know one of the reasons why people go to school so of course you know if if they have good like a good player like i i dated someone who was the best player on the team the captain of the team you know the people up there they're always we're giving a little slide through like how's the game not how's your grades how's your game going like did you practice last night like how's your leg you know things exactly. like that they're always like, they're always on them about sports, never about athletics, because you know what, those sports are going to get them to higher places and get them to get better things for school. So ultimately, sports is their goal, I guess you can say. And when money. The, games, the money, when the games jump off and the athletes is really good, let's talk about how many people come, because I remember going to different schools, going to games from schools to kids. I didn't even know, but the athletes was fire. So I'm there at the games paying like $200 to get in the game. Mind you, like how many people was coming through the door? Like if every person is either giving you $5 and there's over a hundred people here, like y'all running in bank from these games and these people and mm -hmm. And then you have the athletes who help win the championships and that gets the gets more recognition for the school and then the coaches yeah. can either get a raise or leave because you know coaches don't get paid a lot because they, they don't at all and it gives hours. them more opportunity as soon as the coaches get noticement watch the players a star then the coach oh where did the coach get it from oh where did the star get it from yeah his coach, right. his coach must have been right. fired then the coach getting offers from other places so exactly. a win for everybody but not really the athlete because there is a low chance that that athlete is really going to go to where everybody is saying they're going to ahead if really they're not focused on all sides of the playing field like football is about the field but like in life it's about the field too like your football your grades your mental health and all of that it comes into play like you can't you're not going to survive after having poor mental health and just being a star athlete with not a high grade point average you're really you're not going to survive you're not going to survive and you're not going to get anywhere and it's important that we talk mm -hmm. about things because these athletes need help and it needs acknowledgement education board you guys need to check on your athletes give them tutors give them resources give them community it needs to happen and it's our black boys our black people our black peers who need help and who are in these situations and it's not okay i also mm -hmm. want to think that i think in some cases we do have the resources we just don't care enough to enforce them and put them there like high school we are um our football players um, specifically, you know, they give them a tutor session before practice starts. But the thing is, the coaches aren't in there. You know, no one's in there saying, how's your grades looking? What are you doing? How's this, this, and this going? So you, we can put you out on the field. They just say, we have a tutor session right after school from three to four. And they're all just sitting in there goofing off. Because I've been mm -hmm. in that room with 
mm-hmm. just like, what are you guys what doing? Was you, what, was you, what was you doing in a room? I was doing I my homework. I had cheer practice because I had cheer practice like at the same time. So I just oh, said, okay. Oh. <laughs> so I, okay. Uh, that's crazy. I just weren't, weren't doing anything. That's crazy. <laughs> you t- you so about to tell on yourself. You about to tell on yourself, right? <laughs> right. I need to like switch my story up. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, no, it's just, sometimes they have the resources, they just don't enforce it enough. They just yeah. don't care enough to enforce them. Mm. That's sad. So, like, all these things at their pedestals, like, and I also like it should be like it should be enforced more. Like at this point, it's just like, what are y'all doing? And it's just like you're really not giving your athletes the best opportunity. Y'all talk about how we're the best, we got this, yeah. we got that. Come to our school, join our team, try to recruit and be the best recruiter ever. Well, you're not going to be the re- best recruiter ever if you're not having no success. There's no success at all. Mm-hmm. Black boys are struggling. Mm-hmm. These children are struggling and we need help. There's resources. If y'all have got time to do all these other things, post on social media, do your hashtags, post them and make sure be at the game tonight, then I'm sure you have the time to be in that tutoring session with that athlete to help them get them grades. Yeah. Yep. And it's crazy because, you know, black boys are obviously the pinnacle of sports and of athletics. Come on now. Athletics and just yep. on, are praised and tokenized on such a sociable level that no one ever wants to go in depth to see how they are doing, you know, like Jeannie's, like you said, mentally um, and like all that. And just how you were saying, Drell, like about, you know, if one of them ends up busting their knee. And it's like they're, token, they're tokenized on a sociable level on a forefront. Of okay, yep, we're we're gonna utilize you now. We're gonna use you. We're gonna put you forth so we can attract money. So we can attract people to come to these games to publicize our school, and make us look all pretty and dandy. But ooh, let's not talk about how you was up in the detention room. Oh no, we're gonna, we're gonna excuse your detentions. We're gonna excuse. Oh, let's not talk about the two point grade averages. Mm-hmm. Athletes are failing, and that's not okay. Yep. Like you want them up and out on that field and you want to make sure they have the best cleats so they run the fastest. But what about making yeah. sure they have a meal when they get home? What about making sure they're taken care of when they're outside of that football field? Preach. Preach. Well, I mean, I mean, and that extends past high school because I know mm-hmm. there are some rules in the NCAA where you can't even help athletes if they're struggling. You can't give them anything. Is that correct, Jarrell? Am I interpreting that right? No, that's not- Absolutely correct. I actually uh, had a situation when I was in college where, you know, my people, they couldn't afford me. They couldn't afford to give me a laptop. And uh, I spoke to, you know, a particular person about, uh, you know, just basically the struggles of trying to you know, get little things, basic things that I need. And, you know, he basically gifted me a laptop. He was like, here, I have an old one. Just take this. And it was basically a situation where it came back up and I got suspended for half a season because I took that old laptop. You said half a season? Half the Is season. Is that what you said? Yeah, half a season. For an old laptop. Yeah, to make sure you had the resources you needed to be successful, you were suspended half the season. When they couldn't do it themselves, so you have to get it on your own, and then it ends up coming back on you, and it hurts you. That don't make sense. That don't make that's sense. Not make any sense. <laughs> make that's, it that's what kind of hold. That's what that's what kind of hold they push you in. They they give you lack of resources, lack of help, and then they say, okay, well, I'll take something for somebody else, but go figure it out. You know. So what are you what are you supposed to do? What do you do? Literally, and some athletes are struggling. You, you go. You go without. You, you go with you said you go without is yeah, that is that without. what you did <laughs> okay yeah, so wait 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 wait. so y'all sacrifice your bodies to be a part of these programs and they don't make sure you have the basics that you need like to survive they don't make sure all of that is taken care of at some points, I would say, you know, most things they do. But, of course, you know, it's, it's things that you don't have and, you know, you just say, hey, you just got to figure it out on your own. But that's why they're talking about, you know, the athletes trying to get, you know, likeness and stuff. Because we win all these mm-hmm. games and we bring all the fans to the school, which is it equals money. But we're basically getting paid, you know, to, to basically make a living off of 
I'm I'm getting frustrated. So <laughs> I mean, I, I just I just don't understand how you take these these young men from uh, pretty some of the toughest neighborhoods um, around the country. You bring them to a university that's supposed to be all prestigious. The coaches get millions of dollars and they can't ensure that their student athletes have what they need to be able to pass a class. Because I don't know any college classes or any courses, period, where you can't have a computer nowadays, especially with distance learning. You cannot right. not have a computer. Exactly. So the fact that they don't even make sure Absolutely. that these kids have access to the very basics and yet you guys are sacrificing your time and your energy and your bodies. And if you get injured, then everything is over and there's no backup plan. Like it's, it really is a no-win situation. I, I just don't, I don't get it. And, and so one of the comments, go ahead, Denise. It's more than their bodies. They put, athletes put their heart and soul into their sports. It's not just like, yeah, their bodies, but a lot of athletes, they have the mentality, I don't care about my body. I heard somebody say, if it's not broken or bloody, you can still play. That's what their coach tells them. If you're not broken and I don't see any blood, then you better get out on that field and play. Like, and it's just like athletes, they're putting their mind, their mental health, their soul out. And it's just like, what do they get back? Like, what do they give back? Like, we need some more attorneys, some more black attorneys for our athletes because these contracts is not okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think uh, here in California, they did pass a bill and I can't remember. I think uh, uh, Senator Skinner ran it um, where now the uh, athletes here in California can uh, profit off their likeness and it's theirs. Um, but I, I don't know if that's something that's happened around the nation just yet. So when you're talking about um, having the rights to your likeness, what does that mean in layman's terms, Drill? What does that mean for this for the um, student? In layman's terms, now because we're we're living in a social media, um, you know, frenzy or phase or however you want to say it, a lot of athletes are high profile athletes um, that already when they come into college they might have you know, 30,000 people following them. And so, which in return, that that brings more people to the stands because they, they are fans of these people. They're buying jerseys, they're buying t-shirts with their faces on it. So or once again, all these people are profiting off of this kid and he's not getting a single dollar off of it. That, that reminds me of um, the, was it uh, Charles or Ed O'Bannon that was suing UCLA because they were using him in, in a video game he couldn't have the rights to himself because the school owned the rights to his likeness, which, and mm -hmm. I'm sorry, it sounds like slavery. So what do you say to people that, that liken um, sports to modern day slavery? What, how do you reconcile that? I think that's that? exactly what it is. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. I mean, I've, I've said that, you know, for at least the last five or 10 years, um, because let's, let's just face it, they don't care nothing about you. They're, they're basically uh, utilizing you for what you can do. And they're bidding on you as if we were still in slavery. And then, you know, they pay you. And then, you know, mm -hmm. they, they feel like you're ungrateful if you want more than what they feel like they should give you. Right? Mm -hmm. And then it's kind of like a, mm -hmm. a type of deal where just, just like in slavery, if you're hurt, injured, or they don't, they feel you're too old, they get rid of you and they bring in the next guy. Yeah, you know, the mm. same the same thing as slavery to me. <laughs> it's not really any all that different to change as the slave owners are changed from from uh just regular white men to now owners of teams. That's something different. And now as you notice, that's why they, it, there are no African Americans that own professional teams. Because mm. that's their that's their club, that's their society, that's how they mm. that's how they stay controlful uh of us. It's the system. Okay. It's set up like this. It is. Exactly. And I want to I want to try to throw it to Rufus once again. Um, I know that you're coming in and out of the conversation and I really apologize for the connection. Um, uh, but we're talking about how folks liken um, football teams or athletic teams to modern day slavery. Um, would you agree with that or, or would you disagree with that? Uh, to some some aspect, I do do agree with it, because um, if you was to get injured, like say for instance, if I go to college, right? You know, I have a I have it I have everything ahead of me. Like I'm I'm a prospect to go to the NFL. 
right? Say, for instance, if I get injured, you know, blow out my knee, it's over. It's over from there. I can't go to the NFL. I can't get any contracts. You know, I can't, I can't do all that. But the school, you know, you probably lose your scholarship because, you know, you're not, you're not doing what you came here to do for now. Now, now you can't play football because that's what you came to, to that school to do. Now you don't, now you can't afford college. Now you, you know, you don't know what to do because you thought that football was like, you know, life. You thought football was your, your whole life. You know, after that, you don't, you have no plan B. So I feel like once they get, once they get what they want out of you, then they just throw it to the side the next man up. So I, I think it is a little bit sort of to, to slavery. I think it a little bit is like a slavery. I think yep. it is like 100%. <laughs> it's just different faces and different names. It's still the same thing. <laughs> different activities too. We're playing sports now. Well, I mean, we were kind of working for them back then too. We just wasn't, we, we moved, yeah, we were moving cotton. Now we're moving, you know, we're the commodity, right? Now, now we're, now we're the thing. Footballs and baseballs and basketballs. Now we're moving balls instead of what well, we used to occur. Uh, right. can, I, can, I say, can I say something? You can always say something. I, I was going to say, um, when people uh, say like, oh, uh, athletes don't get paid, athletes don't get paid, they always resort to the same argument. Well, they're getting free school. They're getting free school. They're, they're living on campus. They get free food and all that. But you have to realize, you know, they have a family as well. You know, this this school isn't paying for my mom light bill. My mom struggling out here while I'm at this college. I'm trying to get out so she can get out. So they're not really understanding that this school makes billions of dollars, billions, while while going to college is only like hundred thousands, hundred thousands of dollars. Which you you made that back like my second game at your school. So. That's that's what I don't. Um, when people always bring up that argument of oh athletes not getting paid in, in college, they always tend to say oh they're getting free college. And free college is nothing compared to what the toll that is put on athletes and all they do at that college, all that's put on them being you know the center of attention, the the face of the camera, you know the main one on the Instagram post. Like there's more to it than just getting free schooling. What about food? What about my computer? Like what he was like, what Jarrell was talking about. What about all those other aspects? Gas money, grocery money, utilities, rent. What else goes to being an adult? A phone bill, um, a car note, car insurance, life insurance. Because if you die, you have to have something to bury you. Like there's there's so much that goes into it. Health insurance, because when they get injured and y'all send them to the hospital, who's getting the bill? It's not the school. And what about actually mm. being cared about their mental health? So my That's dad it. played, my dad played um, football in high school and then went to play in the NFL. And so he, in high school, they basically said, if you can score this many touchdowns on Friday's game, you're going to pass this test. And the, it's so unfair. And in watching it, and it's not that he's not smart. It's that they didn't care. They don't care about if he's smart or not, if you can, if you're a star of the football team and you can get us this money, this is what we want you to do. So he got a full ride to San Diego State and where he went to go play for the Eagles and the Redskins and where the CFL and ended up hurting himself like what Janice was saying. He needed all that insurance and stuff. He ended up breaking his neck and couldn't play anymore. And so how are you going to fall? What do you have to fall back on if you're telling me that I can pass all these classes without actually taking the test? How What do I have? what real skills do I have to fall back on? And he, luckily he was actually ending up doing the work, but they were giving him the option to not. And that's not fair. If he wouldn't have taken those extra chances and those opportunities that they were telling him he didn't need to, he wouldn't have had anything to fall back on. He wouldn't have been able to provide for his family. Oh man. They don't care about us. They don't think about what's going to happen after they leave from being in front of you, from being in front of the coach. They don't care what's going to happen to us afterwards. And that's a Sorry, I just want to say, I think that they do think about it. They just don't value our education. Like we've talked about as much as uh, as our white counterparts, you know, they'll just be like, ah, it's okay, he's getting by on sports, he'll be fine. And they just disregard everything else. Or, you know, they think, let's not give them the education and let's, yeah, they're setting them up for failure. Let's give them the skills and everything in sports. They can go on and play sports and sports and sports and sports and sports. And they don't think about anything after that. They're like, Oh yeah, you're gonna be such a great athlete. Like the student, like the teachers will be. You're gonna be such a great athlete, or I can see you 
in high school when you're going to be like six foot something you're going to be such a great athlete like they never say anything about the education or how they could do maybe being an engineer like something completely different that isn't related to sports because they don't care they don't value their education like we've talked about in other episodes being a great athlete and they don't even talk about them being a great person what about their character like y'all prioritize all these other things let's disregard the let's like talk about the humility in this like do you even have character can you look a grown-up in their eye while they're talking to you can you communicate with an adult without stuttering or without kind of pausing and not being able to look them straight in their eyes and get across what you need to say like can you do those things those basic skills to life can you can you communicate can you read a contract can you do those things? Can you clean a house? Can you cook for yourself? Basic life skills. <laughs> I'm gonna put you in charge of the committee to figure out what life skills <laughs> we can propose <laughs> to districts or something. <laughs> so I right, mean, she gets know, on talking about cooking a cooking a meal. Right. <laughs> she, are you hungry? Yeah. Did you eat before today? <laughs> But listen, because I want to I want to really bring it back to the high school level. I, I have to do that because I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, mention that here in California, um, some of these school districts like Elk Grove Unified School District are number one um, for suspension and expulsion of black boys in the state of California. And so on one hand, they have all these schools, Sheldon, um, Elk Grove, Monterey Trail, um, Consumnist Oaks, Pleasant Grove, they have great teams full, you know, with, with kids who look like us. And on the other hand, they are known for suspending and expelling black boys. So the question that I have, um, and uh, Jarrell or uh, Rufus can answer it for me, um, are you guys treated differently after the season ends? I don't care which one answers that. You said what, Rufus? Wait, you can hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I was gonna say, uh, well, at my school, I'm I'm a double athlete. So after football's over, I go right into another sport. So they never really treated me differently in the first place because I'm there's not too many black kids at my school. So mm. so like when there are black kids on my school, they're they're playing sports. So they don't mm. they don't really treat a treat I wouldn't say treat a Oh Lord, he done went off again. Okay, Jarrell, pick up. <laughs> his, his computer disconnected. Right, I'll, I'll pick up uh, what. <laughs> I'll pick up where Rufus left off. Uh, yeah, I would say the same thing for me as Rufus. Uh, when I was in high school, I was a, a three-sport athlete, so I kind of was never kind of out out of the sport, so to speak. You know, I went from football to basketball to track. So from that standpoint, no, I never felt like it was any drop-off. But I, I don't know how it was for a guy that only played football. Mm. But what about what about your off season? Because I know I personally used to know somebody who did all three sports. So what? But what about when um like during summer? What about summer? Let what what occurred during then? Like did they give you any any tools like to prepare you for the next season? Like not even like football wise, but the next season of school and the next season that you were walking into within going to the next grade level. In the summer, they were still practicing. In the summer, well, they no, don't. It, 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 yeah. They don't stop. Yeah, I was, I was going to yeah. say, at that time, we, we, out of, yeah, we out of school at that point. So you're kind of pretty much on your own to just get ready for the next up-and-coming football season. Mm. Yeah, I want to I wanna hop on the question because you're saying like. Wait, hold on, hold, hold on real quick because Rufus is here. And before he gets kicked <laughs> out again, I want him to finish his thought. <laughs> What were you saying, honey? Go ahead. Go ahead before you get, you get kicked right, out. So, <laughs> at my school, there's very there's very few black people or black men in, in that case. So and the, the black people we do have, they're all on the football team. So and um if I feel like if you they were to even get an accusation of being racist, then you know they, they'll get the, the fingers pointed at them. So I don't think my principal at my school would um you know like to be getting pointed at call racist. So I don't think we get any privileges or anything, but I feel like uh, some teachers, some teachers do treat us differently. Not as, not just because we play football or whatever, but I remember there was this time that this teacher, she was, she was, uh, she was being aggressive towards me. Oh Lord. <laughs> she was being aggressive towards him. Y'all just need to put a pin in that. Uh, right, Mariah. Right, right, right. <laughs> 
Mariah, you've been quiet all day. So I'm, I'm just <laughs> absorbing everything because it's crazy hearing, you know, the two men's perspective. And just like me witnessing what like happens on my school to, you know, the varsity basketball, varsity football, and just like, I know we was talking about Lex being up in that tutoring room, but I am the tutor in that scenario. I, <laughs> so when we're in that room, so when I was put in the room, you know, the black box room with the boys to help tutor, um, did you know, there's no teachers in there. It's just coaches. So, and coaches, you know, time for practice. So if we got out of school at that time, you know, the boys would have like an hour, maybe 30 minutes to do homework. And then they got practice. And if not that, I practiced right after school. So it's crazy, like, hearing, like, the privileges and just, like, some, like, unawareness of privileges that male athletes do get on our campus. Because I have been in a room where a teacher full-on dismissed a test because that player simply had a game to look forward to that Friday night. And it's just, like, it's crazy hearing these different perspectives perspectives. Versus me, like, witnessing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Rufus, we're coming back to you because you was in the middle of a story and it was starting to get good. So I forgot the last thing you said. So I told y'all to put a pin in it. What was? What did he say? The teacher His was being teacher. aggressive. The teacher was being aggressive to you. Go. All right, so the teacher was being aggressive to me. I forgot what it, what it, was, what it was that I said, but she automatically assumed that I was going to, you know, uh, be disrespectful to her because, like, like, how do you say? Like, she talking to me sideways, and I'm like, you know, like, excuse me, I'm trying to have a, a normal conversation with her, and she, uh, she kind of, uh, what is she? She called the office. That's what she did. She called my counselor, and then she tried to kick me out of the classroom. But I, I didn't even really know why, because she was coming at me sideways first when I'm just having a normal conversation with her. So that, do that was. Do want to tell them why? Why did she cry? Thank you. And that just ties into what we have talked about in previous episodes, teachers being so quick to penalize black men specifically. Black boys. I mean, black boys. I'm sorry. Their opinion, what they have to say, they can't even let them like get through to even learning how to know how to communicate themselves mm -hmm. and speak their voice without immediately trying to dismiss them or demean them. No. Mm -hmm. Well, now you guys know statistics say that they see black boys as older than they actually are and they see them as aggressive. So, you know, the moment one of our boys stands up, because nine times out of ten, there's some pretty stocky tall boys that we have. They, have to be you know, they stand up, mm -hmm. they stand up, and then all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, my God, he's going to attack me because they watch too much TV. So we have to be <laughs> mindful of that, that some of these people are just doggone fearful and crazy, and they don't need to be in the positions that they are in. So um, yep. this, they wonder, oh, And they start to wonder why our black boys and just our black people in general are depressed and scared because it's because they're criminalizing us and they're making us seem like monsters and it and we're not it's just our skin color is our weapon it's it's a weapon that we're mm -hmm. born with and everyone sees it as has a negative connotation and it shouldn't and so that's why there are so many people whose mental health has deteriorated and has gone down it's because we're criminalized and we're made to seem like monsters and these people who are going to attack you. And when we're really the ones who are being attacked every single day by police officers and we're being targeted by our teachers and bullied by peers and bullied by our teachers, the teachers bully us. And it's, it, it's, it's frustrating. And it's hurtful. Like they, sometimes they treat us as if we don't have feelings. And it's just like that black boy, that child who you're working to death, to be the best athlete as possible, he's hurting. Mentally, he's struggling. Like, and he just can't, either he don't know the words and it's just like, you working him so hard, he don't even want to say nothing about it. And that's not okay. Like, and it's sad to see because a lot of us, we have a lot of a potential. We are brilliant. All of us, we have, we're brilliant in some way, shape or form. And you just trying to put us in this box. We're not supposed to be put in the box. We're not. We're brilliant. We're amazing. We don't belong in boxes. We need help. We need resources. We need community. And it's just like, if you're not going to provide it for us, then we're going to provide it for ourselves. And that's why there are things like Black BGSN and BBSN for you guys to join in and get the support you need. Well, hey. Promoting again. 
<laughs> on that note, we have about 15 seconds left. So I want to thank our gentleman, Rufus. We are so sorry that you had a problem connecting today, and we're going to help you fix that um, in the coming weeks or so. Um, Jarrell, thank you for taking the time out of your day to, to connect with us. We appreciate your expertise. Ladies, thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, weighing in on this conversation. And as always, um, follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, like, share this video, um, share the audio. Uh, let everybody know that we out here and we talking about it. Um, so next time, I will see y'all next time. What? Are you, what? Why are you? Why are you doing that? <laughs> what you doing? Excited. She's for everybody. Like <laughs> you distracted me. So with that, uh, uh, one, two, three, one, two, three. We gonna hit him with the wave. <laughs> we'll see y'all next week. Bye. 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 Bye.